0: This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay.
1: Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K. Show. So glad to have you all here with me tonight on this Tuesday evening. This is my first show at this time spot, Tuesday at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Actually, it's my first time to be here Tuesday at 8 as the Andrea Kay Show. You know, I've been here for a while now as part of Close Up on San Diego Business, but I'm glad to be sitting here tonight as the Andrea Kay Show. And I'm especially glad to be sitting here with a very dear friend of mine, Actually, he has been so integral to the Andrew K. Show since it began, actually, up at my previous station, who I still miss and love you guys up there at Astor. But its he's not just a friend of the show. He's actually someone I've called Producer Eric many times <laughs> because there's been many times where the show probably wouldn't have come off, at least not come off as well as it did without his help because he's truly. I depend so much on my friends and family on Facebook and Twitter to help me uh, do a good show because I try to come up with content that's meaningful to all my friends and family and listeners out there and so since the Andrea K show began I don't even know how we met Eric Eric Geese who's here with me today I don't even know how we met probably on Twitter but you've become such a dear friend of mine you've actually been in with me a couple of times before as co-host the first time that you've been here at KCBQ here at AM 1170 The Answer and I'm just so glad to have you here with me today.
2: Oh it's wonderful being here Andrea it is Really a pleasure being here.
1: Well, thanks so much. Um, lots to talk about today. Lots of different ways for you to be a part of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Uh, you can go to my website, which is Andrea K. I'm starting to get more active in blogging there, and I'd appreciate any comments and feedback. I'm working on a new blog post for this week, so you're going to want to um, stay tuned for that. Eric, you're very active on Twitter. You also are a blogger yourself. How can people get information on
2: you? Oh, they have to uh, just go to my uh, Twitter site, which is Real Eric Giese, and they can follow me there. It's Very simple. Awesome. Th- that's how we met.
1: We did meet on Twitter, yeah. didn't we?
2: And then we started corresponding back and forth, and we've been friends ever since.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. And like I said, I appreciate so much um, all your support and all your wisdom. And you do such, I don't even know where you find, you're so ahead of almost everybody else out there in terms of stories. Of course, you're up before everybody. I think you start searching the day's stories <laughs> at like 3 a.m. Uh, literally. Yes. And so you are truly hours ahead of everybody else. I might have scooped you today as you were driving down here or somebody else, one of my other friends in, in show producers, because I, I guess here, while everybody today has been talking about um, the climate conference and what's going on in ISIS and Syria, I guess in the middle of all that, while we, and Trump, and we've been talking about all these different stories, I guess Ash Carter has come out and said today that we're at war. And well,
2: it'd, be, it'd be nice for a president would finally say we're at war.
1: Yeah. And it might be nice, actually, if they followed the War Powers Act and actually went to Congress and get an act of war. What I find interesting, though, is that, you know, when President Bush said we were at he declared war after 9-11, he said we're at we're in war footing. This is war. We've been attacked. And he called it the war on terror. And it it has been interesting. To be on war footing when you're dealing with a party and the Democrats and those on the left who don't understand the threat that we face, obviously, because we've got a president who's who's. Secretary of Defense today said we're at war who's been over at climate change declaring that the enemy I guess we're in an act of war but I guess our war is against the weather because for you know one of the first things that President Obama did when he took office was he with what uh, I don't remember her name now um, Napolitano Janet Napolitano scrubbed out any reference to Islam in terms of any of our defense documents any terminology regarding that and actually declared returning veterans and conservatives as, as a greater threat to the nation than Islam. So I'm not really sure who's he, who he is at war with, who, who he really thinks the enemy is, and what's the strategy to win
2: the war? We are suffering from a nasty case of what I call global neglect. Everybody has been being neglected. It is, uh, France has been snubbed. Israel has been snubbed. The American people have been snubbed by our president. And he's doing it all in behalf of the climate we are a heartbeat away from marxism
1: well are we a heartbeat away or are we actually in the throes of the transformation how far are we Uh, you know um, a heartbeat's pretty dang close it depends on how you define heartbeat clearly with this climate and i talked about this on last night's show clearly we have I've been criticized by people for actually using the M word. Oh, you're just going off the rails, Andrea, by talking about Marxism. No, I'm not. You know, it's that's uh, to say that we're overblowing the situation by using that word is to deny the reality. And I'm not going to be bullied into submission by being told that I'm using a, a bombastic term that actually clearly defines the political strategy and the political system that is being pushed on us. What climate change, it, I reported on last night's show there's a book coming out this the stat that keeps quoted us that 95% of all scientists say this is true that's absolutely not true we have a top scientist right now who's come out and said even if you believe that man that, that there is such a thing as global warming and that it's man made It's so negligible that it's ridiculous for anybody to say that it's a major threat. It's all about control, Eric. It's all about, it's like you said, Marxism is about a centralized government controlling every aspect of people's lives. What better way to get control over people than through the energy sector? Because that controls what we eat, what we drive, where we live, how we live, every aspect of it, as well as it's just one more way that they can take money from citizens and redistribute it throughout the world. World. So it's a Marxist and one world government system at play here. And on top of it, they've partnered with the Islamists because Marxism and Sharia are not op- opposing viewpoints. Actually, they're actually quite compatible. And that's really what's at play. And we've got an American people. I said last night, the greatest threat that we face is really one of stupidity and the lure of Marxism, because we've got too many Americans that love the idea of replacing God with state and putting all their faith and their hope and their dreams in a government under the guise of that. The government's going to be able to provide a utopia. Nobody's ever going to. Nobody's going to ever die hungry. Nobody's going to ever die sick. We're going to heal the planet and and everything's going to be luscious and green and rosy. And that they can basically control that there's no good or bad, there's no evil, that they can control away through a centralized government anything bad and that everybody's life is going to be perfect. That's that's what they're trying to put over on the American people. Why are they believing it, Eric?
2: Well, the concept of controlling the weather is absolutely unheard of. It cannot be done.
1: (laughs) Any more than controlling and preventing murder by gun
2: control. Mm -hmm, True. Well, if we could control the weather, all the farmers would be growing crops. We wouldn't be in a drought. Yet we have a drought that we're facing right now. We we were being told years ago that by 2015, the West Coast would be underwater. It isn't happening. We're in a drought. The farmers (laughs) are going, the crops are going dry.
1: But one of the reasons why we're in a drought in California is government. It is a man-made drought because the government decided here, and this is this is, has a direct control over the citizens' lives, they decided that some smelt, some fish up in the central, northern central part of the state, that that was more important than the farmers, more important than crops, more important than feeding people. And so they redirected water away from these, the farmers and these areas up there. So they've created a drought. And then on top of it, we've got, a, we've got an actually, an, uh, a situation here in San Diego to where they're wanting to increase our water costs by 40% or something like that, Eric. And the reason why is they're saying because we've conserved too much. We've saved too much water here and now they're not getting uh-huh. in, the government's not getting enough money out of us. It's, it's such a scam. It's all a ruse to have control over us. Getting back to the war, I want to pick your brain a little bit on this because let's say that Ash Carter, when he Said we're at war today, actually, was involving the real enemy we face, which is radical Islam. In terms of the war over there with ISIS and Syria. It's so complicated over there. It didn't need to be this complicated, Eric. If they had declared war or stayed in a war footing when they took office, when Obama took office in 08, had he held to a red line against Assad? But actually, why did he even put a red line in the sand with Assad? You know, we, things are, they've created instability. They've created vacuums that provided an opportunity for radical Islam to take power over there. That's what Egypt was about. That's what Libya was about. We actually had the military kick out the Muslim Brotherhood and and actually end up taking the government back away from Islamists to a certain extent. But, you know, Turkey was supposed to be our ally initially because they were a secular state. But now Turkey's actually in bed with ISIS over the oil situation over there. Russia, we're supposedly think of as an enemy. But I don't really know how much of an enemy he is because, you know, yeah, he's, you know, trying to help the Iranians, but he's actually doing more to to kill ISIS, who's our enemy. Some people are saying in the Republican side, well, but Putin's bombing more of the moderates. Well, who the heck can tell what a moderate is versus a radical? What's a moderate? The ones who are standing down watching ISIS throw the gay people off the roof and not do anything to stop it? (laughs) I
2: mean, it's insane. Yes, it is. I was reading a fascinating book called Twilight in America, and it goes on to explain where the Muslim training camps are in America. And it is a fascinating book. And it's spooky, to be honest with you.
1: Well, yeah. And the thing is, is that I had Major General Bob Scales on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he told me something that I absolutely did not know. Barack Obama said I'm going to degrade and destroy ISIS. Do you know that the rules of engagement are such that right now 75% when our pilots go out to do a drop, they come back 75% of the time they did not drop an ordinance because of the rules of engagement from Obama. Okay. So it's always lies, 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 lies. So when he says that today there's a declaration of active war, I'm not going to get caught up on the fact whether or not they followed the War's Power Act or whatever because it's phony. I I think I think it's I think it's a sham. I think that's that's a, that's to make us think that Obama's actually going to do something against the enemy that we face when he's not. He's still planning to bring 100,000 refugees here a year. I reported on my show last night that the FBI is currently tracking ISIS- Fighters that are here in the country. For every one of them they're tracking, they have to have twelve FBI agents following them twenty-four-seven. How is it gonna be when we have a hundred thousand refugees here, Eric? It's unmanageable. It's already unmanageable. It's already costing us a fortune. It's intentional because it's about a takeover from within. And the reason is is because it's about partnering with them for the agenda of transforming us into a Marxist society. I gotta leave it there because I wanna shift gears. I wanna shift gears back to Hillary because there's big reports coming out. There's a thousand more emails that have been released that prove that she has broken the law and she's endangered us. We're talking about a, a, an act of war, and we got a former Secretary of State that's been enabling the enemy. So don't change that dial, folks, because we're going to talk about Hillary when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, KCBQ. Share with you my story. Would you share
0: your me? Bad times are
3: coming, I be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
1: Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's Best Local Pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen & Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors
3: license 657-333. The kitchen & Bath.
1: So, so, glad to have you all here with me today. I am joined today with a really good friend of mine, Eric Geese, who's here from Orange County to hang out with me. Welcome, Eric.
2: Well, thank you very much, Andrew.
1: Thank you. I'm also glad to have my old friend, my old original, and one of my original engineers from the Andrea K. Show, going back to my Astra days. Y'all know, y'all remember, Dijon Dillon. <laughs> you want to say hi, baby? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, also... Um, Sharing the hour with us is is another friend of the show. And I, I invited him, asked him to come on the show today because here, we, here we're talking about the, the war. Ash Carter saying we're in, uh, you know, a war. He's declared war. But I don't really know that they think they have any idea who the real enemy is because Obama's over there talking about the, in, the greatest enemy we, we face is climate change. I guess he thinks that the war on terror involves, you know, what level of SPF you wear. Meanwhile... We all know who the real enemy is. It's radical Islam. We know that they want to destroy Western civilization, and we have a presidential candidate who is a former secretary of state who's directly involved in the entire mess that you see going on right now over in the Middle East. Today we find out... Well, we always knew that yes, her private email server had over a thousand, at least counting, a thousand and counting, emails that had classified information on it. There's one individual who's been doing more research about her, and not just the emails, but the Clinton Foundation. Remember when that was a big story about what was going on with her with the Clinton Foundation? A lot of people have forgotten about it, but Charles Ortel has not forgotten. Have you, Charles? Well, ma'am, how are you? I'm good, thanks, and welcome back to the show. Great to be on with you guys. Yeah. Now, um, I don't know if you've had a chance to peruse anything involving the latest round of emails that were released, about 1,000. it oh, pro- yeah. Yeah. Clearly it proves, does it not, Charles, that, um, yeah, she's broken not only the Records Act but the Espionage Act because documents don't even have to be classified as classified or top secret to be um, – Involved in the Espionage Act. It just means that uh, an official who is has any connection to these documents is supposed to safeguard them, and she didn't, right?
4: I think that's absolutely true. You know, uh, what came to me actually this morning from an investigative reporter called Chuck Ross, at Daily Caller, was one email in particular involving PricewaterhouseCoopers. That's the recent, in quotes, accountant for the Clinton Foundation. Uh-huh. And this is an email that was sent on 28. 28- January 2013 at 1.34 in the morning. Let's think about that. 1.34 in the morning. Okay. Stand from Pricewaterhouse to uh, an ambassador at large called uh, Melanie Verveer, who focuses supposedly on women's issues but really travels around the world, probably uh, cementing relationships Personal relationships and Clinton relationships with various governments. She gets an email from Price Waterhouse at 1:34 in the morning. You know what accounting firm sends an email 1:34 in the morning unless it's you know another foreign time zone. And everything about this email is blacked out. So here's the interesting thing that caught my attention and caught the attention of the very astute investigators I work with who come out of military intelligence and other intelligence areas. This email would have may have been routed to UMA. And then from Uma to Hillary. Huh. And we, But we don't know the subject. Now, what the people, and I've always asked the question how, I'll be polite, in the heck did Uma Aberdeen get a security clearance? And my sources tell me there's absolutely no way she could uh, through normal channels. And, per, and they, they are now saying maybe that's the underlying reason for this private email server system.
3: That they, so, so that Hillary,
1: Huma Abedin, so that Huma Abedin, whose family all have all direct connections to the Muslim Brotherhood, on top of the fact that isn't she married to that sketchy Anthony Weiner, who got drummed out of office? I mean, you're right. There's absolutely no way that this woman could have gotten any kind of security clearance.
4: Right, and and, and it gets to a point that I've been making of late. If we go back to the December 2008 agreement between Hillary Clinton's uh, foundation the Bill Clinton Foundation, and supposedly the incoming team, Obama. i read that agreement carefully. You can find it on Judicial Watch, and I sent it to top lawyers. It's not an enforceable agreement. And I've been wondering since the very beginning, what leverage do the Clintons have over the Obamas that would allow them to waltz in and take control of the State Department and turn the Clinton Foundation, which if you look closely back in 2008 was in desperate financial condition turn that foundation into a variable money spinner that nobody checks. What leverage did they have to do that? And what leverage did they have to allow Ulta Abedin to sit over this private email server system when you know other State Department employees and government employees have, pen- have been punished for far less serious infractions? Right. and, in effect, stealing the property of the U.S. government, that is to say all these transmissions concerning our State Department, a vast enterprise, right. The highest levels are all in the personal control of one family that has a lot, shall we say, it doesn't exactly have a distinguished record of discerning, you know, what is their property from what is the government's property, thinking of their last days in the White House. Right. said to walk off of the furniture.
1: Well, do, does, do they have to have, have this, the Clinton... Uh, Hillary and Bill have to have anything over Obama. You're talking about a man who doesn't particularly have a good record himself in terms of character, honesty, integrity, or upholding the law himself.
4: No, so so, what I'm saying is here you have a bitter campaign. You know, you, you know more about this than I do as well your listeners. But, you know, the various uh, comments that Bill made that infuriated uh, the Obama camp. And here she gets, you know, decisively chucked out from being in a leadership position, you know, presumed all odds not favorite She loses the nomination. And she somehow manages, you know, to, to waltz into the State Department. She mm-hmm. employs Sidney Blumenthal, who, you know, for some to say, might have been you know, behind a lot of dirty tricks against Tim Obama. Tim Obama did not want him to have anything to do with the Clinton Foundation, I mean, with the Secretary of State role. How in the heck... It, you know, chain Clinton, get away with it. Well, you know, if you're just
1: tuning in, you're listening to The Andrea K Show on AIM 1170 KCBQ, and we're talking to Charles Ortel about the Hillary Clinton email and Clinton Foundation scandals. Um, regardless of motive or how it led to that because for example if if somebody commits murder it's great if you can if a prosecution can prove motive but they don't have to have it all they have to prove is that the crime was committed so let's say we never find out exactly what they've got over obama or really why obama would allow this continue has she broken the law in what ways and do you could she be indicted and what is stopping that from happening
4: yeah, I think she absolutely has broken the law, and what people are not focusing enough on is the, the real secret sauce that drove the Clintons to the pinnacles of power was its foundation. If you think about making a political contribution, you have to make that out of your after-tax money, and foreigners can't do that. They can't contribute to U.S. campaigns, But foreigners can contribute to a foundation. Mm. And if nobody's really looking at the foundation books closely, a foundation is a major league opportunity for fraud. Yeah. How does that, right. Because, you know, you, you have a lot of money and it happens in these disaster fraud cases which you want to specialize in if you think about it. Large amounts of money gets spent small increments, you know, over on the internet, via PayPal and other ways into these pockets. But if you're not going to be honest about how much money you receive, let's say you get $100 million, you could go to the census thing Well actually I only got two
1: well, yeah, yeah. You I mean, you, right, and when you're dealing with people like the Clintons, who are known for their dishonesty, I mean, she got kicked off the Watergate, you know, hearings, right. you know, back in the day for being a liar. Um, the Bush family is in cahoots with them. The, the Bush uh, was involved in Haiti And the Bush Clinton whatever foundation. They partnered up in that. Money never got to any of the victims down there, supposedly. And then you got Jeb Bush turning right around and giving her some kind of freedom award. So to me, it looks as though that, you know both parties, you know, just really. Don't want to hold anybody accountable because they all want to be able to uh, walk the line or commit whatever crimes right. they want to commit, you know. And so I, I don't I want to I want to leave it with this. In the in we've got two minutes left. What if you were a prosecutor and you were going to let, could indict her? What would it be based on?
4: Well, I would indict. Uh, I would shut down the Clinton Foundation. Okay what I would do and what that would do is I would put the Clinton Foundation into receivership and what that would do is give me access to all the Clinton Foundation emails which I think Hillary and uh, their team has argued were personal and with those emails you'd then be able to uncover what Peter Schweitzer was trying to uncover in Clinton Clinton cash the the quid pro quo stuff Mm -hmm. I donate X to the Foundation I get Y in terms of a business concession to your home country something like that And I think that's very fertile ground. I'll leave you with this thought. With foundation, they have to be engaged strictly in not-for-profit activity. If they create a private gain, more than $1,000, they, generally speaking, are under great suspicion. Mm -hmm. That's the avenue to get them on. You don't need to, to. You shift the burden of proof in a foundation fraud case onto the foundation trustees. It's much easier to prove.
1: Awesome. Well, Charles, thank you so much for sharing the updates on, on where this situation is. And I hope you keep digging. And, and I'm just really hoping, you know, and I would be pushing for her to be held accountable if she were a Republican. This is not about party or Paul for me. This is about what's right for the American people. And it's, it's just astonishing to me that a woman involved with this level of corruption in terms of her role in jeopardizing the security of this nation, as well as, well as her fraudulent behavior with this foundation. It's astounding to me that the American people, 43 percent, would still support her for president. So thank you for calling in today, and have a great day, Charles.
4: Anytime. Thank okay.
1: you. Okay. Um, I mean, Eric, how did we get here to a place in America to where we have an American public that doesn't give a dang about corruption or about... You know, the, the rule of law anymore. You can't. You cannot support Hillary Clinton if you care about character, integrity, or honesty. I saw Chuck Todd practically screaming at somebody the other day. I don't know if it was Trump or what, whatever, saying, oh, words matter. Honesty matters. Trump isn't telling the truth on the <laughs> campaign trail. And, yeah, you're laughing because it's like, are you kidding me?
2: It's hypocritical. It's, it's absolutely hypocritical. It's
1: beyond, and, and it's insane. It's the insanity of the lore of Marxism, and they don't care about the reality. we got to take a break. and we come back we got more on the other side of the Andrea K. Show. Thanks for joining me right here on AM 1170, The Answer, KCBQ. Want
3: more Andrea K.? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And like her Facebook page at Andrea K., spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too.
0: Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business?
3: You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. That's Dijon Dillon. Playing some of my favorite bumper songs. I'm having a great time here uh, this evening, hanging out with my buddy Eric Gies, who's in the studio with me here from Orange County. Before the before the break, we were talking to Charles Ortell about Hillary, and then during the break, Eric and I were we were lamenting over the fact that we we have an an America that doesn't seem to care about the rule of law, and you know who else doesn't seem to care? The Republican Party. There's a reason why I'm starting to believe the conspiracy theorists who say that re- there's many Republicans being bribed, they're on the take, um, or um, they're being blackmailed because they've got something on them, or they just really, quite frankly, don't care as long as they keep, you know, in, in power. And that's one reason why Trump is resonating, because people, ooh, people love an outsider. And I you know, know who, yeah, you know what that music means. You know who else the people love? Yellow they bee. love my girl, Della. Hey, baby. Welcome hey, back baby. to the Andrea e. K. So glad to hear that voice. Yeah. Hey, Tuesday. Ooh. Yeah, Tuesday. Woo. Yeah, baby. And you know, who we, we need a break. We need some laughs. I've been talking about that Hillary, Kankles, Clinton, all her lies. Hey, Hillary, she's been she's telling, dropping Rodham. She doesn't want the Rodham. See,
5: before she wanted the Rodham. Now she doesn't want the Rodham. Well, you know what? She, she wants she's, Hillary Clinton. Why is she dropping the Rodham? It's easier for people to say. You know, on all her introductions, that Rodham just takes up too much time. Yeah, uh-huh. So we're just going Hillary Clinton.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I think she wants to avoid the fact. She's always trying to reinvent herself like she's Madonna. And I think she well, wants to avoid mm-hmm. the fact that the Rodham family, you know, she's not exactly from the wrong side of the tracks. If anybody saw a picture of the house she grew up in on the um, the right side of the tracks in Chicago, okay, she, she can run, but she can't hide from the you truth about it. she's not from the South? She's not from Arkansas. No, no,
5: she ain't from Arkansas. You know no. she puts on like she she puts on an accent
1: when she gets down south. Yeah, and, and her she, eats, she probably eats grits. Her accent is worse than some of them actresses in in Steel Magnolias were. Yeah, like Julia Roberts. Uh-huh. And although Julia although Roberts she's she, from the south. Yeah, she's from from Georgia. So I don't know if that was just bad direction or what went on with there. So okay. I don't now, know. Now speaking of Hollywood because we don't have a, <laughs> as much time as all I right, would okay, like to I'll get right to it. I'll get right to it. Mm-hmm. Fox
5: Studios is having a hissy fit because all of these stories have come out all across international uh entertainment stuff that the new movie that will be released on December the 25th, on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. starring Leo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. called The Revenant, which I've seen the trailer for. It looks amazing. It's, an, it's a story from the 1800s West. He's an explorer. It's a story about revenge. All these stories came out today, and I saw the trailer and didn't see what they're talking about. That They're claiming that he's raped twice by a female grizzly bear in this movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, okay. You know, Leo, poor Leo, is one of the finest actors in Hollywood. He's amazing. (laughs) But he's never... He's never been an Oscar contention for some reason. So So now,
1: so so now he's gone. Now he's gone. Animal? Is this like? Is this his way to try to get an Oscar? I don't.
5: Well, you know, as it's gotten to where you 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 have to have some kind of a weird thing to get an Oscar. You gotta have a gimmick. (laughs) So, so Fox has come out today saying, "Ixnay on the rape. Day. There is no rape. She just it was cons- so it, she was cons- his face. it was consensual. It was
1: consensual. Okay. <laughs> no. She was dry humping
5: him while she chewed his face. Okay? Oh, She's just protecting her cubs. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. How worse can it get? Oh, my God. I don't know. It's not just one story. It's international. All these stories have come out that there's two rapes. You know, they're going to get it. it, it, If Fox needs to hush it up, because that might be what sells tickets. (laughs) (laughs) I don't you know,
1: I don't think it's probably the storyline or his acting. I mean, when was the last time he made a really good movie? Leo. Titanic. You know he is a really good actor. He I mean, is a good a, actor a, he, but you know what he is a very good actor. He is and he actually does accents far better than than Meryl Streep ever did an accent. But you know here's the th- the problem with Leo is The same problem that so many of Hollywood has today, and that is of credibility. The harder you make it for people in the audience to like you and want to pay 20 to now, depending on if you go to a theater that serves food in the middle of it, is you don't want to make it hard for an audience to have to suspend their disbelief, and you don't want to make it hard for an audience to like you. When you're trotting around in private jets... You know complaining about you know climate change and mm-hmm. this kind of crap you know it, it mm-hmm. makes people not want to go see your movies, no matter how good an actor you are, and that's the problem that people tell me about Leo. They tell me you know they're they're sick of him and his he's like the, he's mm-hmm. as bad as the actress or or who was it who said it only use a square Oh, that was Cheryl Crow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh <clears throat> so who totally, totally, I don't
5: understand. I guess because it was for the Democrats that but she butchered the national anthem oh. at that one yeah, the debate. Yeah, debate. Yeah, it was hit. It was bad. It I was literally hideous. went, oh, oh. Oh no. Yeah. And then there was like nobody really said anything. It was bad. She was awful. Yeah. So, yeah, well, anyway. All right. So, what else is happening up in LA? Well, Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. She came out and said her son that she's she's pregnant, you know, yes. with with her second baby mm. by Kanye. Oh. And she came out and she's breech. She's 37 weeks and the baby is the wrong position. So, she had to go to the hospital at 37 weeks and oh, she no. had to have this procedure oh, no. called an external cephalic Version mm-hmm. this is a medical procedure where mm-hmm. they flip the baby around. Okay. This was so painful that she, she it was like giving birth now i don 't know whether she gave birth natural you know no epidural last time All right, but she she said that there was a risk that she would have an emergency c section okay so uh, you know, this does happen. I went out and I looked on YouTube videos of this procedure. Basically, what they do is they grease your belly down and they roll your baby around. Takes like less than two minutes. I didn't see, I watched multiple videos, I didn't see a single mommy laying there, even grimacing. Right. Mm hmm. So. But you know what? She got got us to talk.
1: Yeah, but we got she got us to talk about her on the show the day. So she's just like Trump. You know, Trump yesterday. I mean, he's a genius at work in the media. He's like, you know what? I may charge CNN to go on to go do my next debate and then give the money to charity. But you know what? Maybe I shouldn't do that. And now it just causes a shark feeding frenzy. You know, yes. uh, so, well, exactly, genius. Yep. He he is genius. Uh, now, listen, there's uh, some major stuff going on
5: with Chris Rock. Mm. Um, Chris and his wife, Malik, uh, divorced last year. Okay. They have two natural biological children, ta- daughters together, and then there is one other child named Nintumbi. Nintumbi is from South Africa, and she is seven years old. The story is that when she was four months old, Chris was in south it was in South Af- Africa for a charity event, and he meets and makes good friends with a, na- a native there that's that's um a waiter at the hotel. They've oh. become fast friends oh have they and uh, within a couple of days he's brought all the children to come by and meet Chris to hang out, one of which was this child, Nintumbi, who was two months old at the time, okay. Within two months, this child is now in the United States with the Rock family on a visitor's visa. Uh, Now, a visitor's visa is a temporary six-month visa that is given for people that come over here for tourism. This child is now seven years old, and she has never been adopted um, by the Rock family. Okay. Chris is now coming out going, that ain't my daughter because they're now under investigation, criminal investigation in South Africa jointly with the United States to find out why this child is in the United States. And it's, it's similar to child trafficking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so-, so Chris is going, this ain't my child because uh-huh. he, he has to establish we never, this was never my child. I was not fostering this child. I didn't care for this child. So it was just, it just forced on him? Them. This child was just
1: forced on him and, and it just never, let, he didn't know he the child just, was in the house with him? No I, mean,
5: no, I guess not. And then, see, so there's in this, this all started because in the divorce case, the the ex-wife <laughs> is wanting, you know, financial support for uh, these three children. She blogged for years. Uh, she had a blog for years called My Brown Baby, and she had, would talk about her three daughters, and Chris Rock was the sole financial supporter of that family. Now he's coming out saying that ain't my daughter, and he wow. has not had contact with this child that lived in his house for seven years. He Has not had contact with her since the divorce. Although he has met with his biological children. What is it with people and wanting to to, to mess with children? I, I don't care if you're taking them in and feeding them or not, and being good to them. You just can't
1: be messing with children. Yeah, I mean that's you know just really shows how cruel he is. That's to me that. Really- Really says everything about his character, and that's so. You know, um, how much money is that guy worth? And he and he's I don't not going to. He he's not even want to give
5: doesn't even want to financially. He's saying that his ex-wife needs to go to work, and she's like, "Well, he's done. He's the financial supporter for this family, and you know, they have little at least his other his two children are not they're not even teenagers, God. and so you know you know the man has got to give the child back to his parents and put that family that are impoverished, by the way, the mother sells secondhand clothing in some terrible part of town, lives in you know just the worst. Take your fortune and go over there and then Make that family work. Don't take their child.
1: Right. Make oh. that family work. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking That's of working, the, we mm-hmm. know how hard you work to bring us mm-hmm. the scoop, Della, right here on the Just AK started. show. Yes. All right. Look forward to having you on next week, baby. Have a Mwah. Good week. Mwah. Uh, speaking of parenting, did you hear the story, Eric, today that there is some woman who has to spend 30 days in jail because her four-year-old was playing at a playground about um, 40 feet, I think it was, from it, her
2: house? It was 120 feet away.
1: 120 feet away. Now, don't get me wrong. There is absolutely no way in the world. I wouldn't let my dog be, be you know, 120 feet from my house unsupervised, let alone my four-year-old. But what's troubling to me is being stupid as a parent is not the same thing as being criminal because you know you, what are we doing again it's more this this mindset of of marxism you know that, that abdicating replacing god with state and giving giving the state so much control over our lives to where they're willing to um you, Americans willing to let government control every aspect of parenting. You know, we've got the government now, no parental concession concession or consent required in most states for abortion. We've got, you know, the government telling, we've got school systems rejecting meals that are sent with the children into schools. We've got now the government criminalizing parental decisions. You know, did what she did... Was it stupid? Absolutely stupid. Was it any worse than maybe a parent sitting inside the house getting whacked out on marijuana that the left thinks is so fabulous, you know, and so cool and should, should be legalized? It's, that's okay. That's not bad. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I do. I was uh, reading an article not that long ago, and it said that over a two-year time period, 81,000 juveniles came across our border. That averages out to 112 children every single day coming across the border And they're getting ballistic over a child that was 120 feet away. No sense.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's nonsensical. Um, that's really what liberalism is because it, it's about control. It's not really about anything that's going to have any proper outcome. When was the last time any policy that had to do with controlling our lives actually made anybody's life better? The cafe standards for cars that were supposedly going to, that was all about climate change, wasn't it? And about reducing emissions. What ended up happening? Now we got plastic cars rolling around and we ended up with more people dying in car accidents. You know, you look at oh, DDT. Remember when they that was the old uh, sprayed for mosquitoes. Right. So, oh, that was supposed to be so bad. You know, this toxin being sprayed around for mosquitoes. And now we've got malaria killing many, many people around the world. You know, so, you know, the, the it's it's about control. It's never about the results are never about making anybody's lives better. It actually makes things worse for the people they're trying to control because you can't control a way everything bad that happens to somebody it's like the mindset of the left is if you know that that they're never supposed to suffer anything bad you look at these kids on these college campuses crying and complaining that they want to have safe places It uh, there's no you the government cannot control away anything that makes you feel uncomfortable anything bad that happens to you. If if I'm a victim of a crime, it's not the it's not my fellow taxpayers' responsibility to make my life whole financially or or whatever as a result. And you know we've got to get back to economically and and we've got to get back to an America that involves individual responsibility, personal responsibility for our lives, not expecting the government, i.e., fellow taxpayers, to provide for us.
2: True. We are a coddled nation. These kids, they go, they're they 18 years old. They go to a safe room to get away from icky ideas and icky opinions. When I was 18 years old, I was signing up for the Vietnamese War. My my vision being legally blind kept me out, but I was signing up for the Vietnamese War. That's what young people did in my time. Right. We have kids that can't even stand opinions that are not, are not even the same as their own, and they need to go play with crayons. Yeah. It's pitiful.
1: Well, the mindset of the left is that one, one of the reasons why they're doing it, again, the, it's about control. This whole movement about speech, it, what, what, what was Benghazi about? Why did they blame the video? We're talking about Hillary Clinton. Why did they blame in, in Obama? They blamed the video in part because they wanted to demonize free speech. You know, Taking away our First Amendment right, that's almost the holy grail for them. That's as important to them as the Second Amendment rights of, of gun control. So they want to use every opportunity they have to try to control. Our speech, whether it's through students trying to control our speech because they don't feel safe. Oh, I don't feel comfortable. Or whether it's through trying to control our speech by saying that some nutbag who ended up shooting some people in a Planned Parenthood, that means that, you know, those of us who are pro-life are supposed to watch what we say. It's all about control. That's the end game. And I'm just not going to allow myself to be bullied into submission. And the American people need to understand that's what the end game is about. Today, we got President Obama saying, oh, you know, um, so manipulative. The American people are going to vote another day. Democrat into office, you know, in 2016. Why? Because they've done such a great job. You know, that's a bunch of crap. You you know, stop trying to play. Stop trying to control our minds.
2: That's true. Ever since the creation of the Tea Party, they were bombarded with these ugly, ugly opinions and ideas and so forth. And that was was called their freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. But they have opposed the Tea Party's freedom of speech in doing so.
1: Yeah, it's always a double standard. Exactly. You've got Obama lying today, speaking of gun control. He's over there in Paris saying that this just doesn't happen. Talking about Planned Parenthood, mass shootings, this just doesn't happen in any other country. You're standing in Paris where there was a mass shooting done by the ideology that he always rushes out to defend. You have a, you have a shooting in Planned Parenthood. Immediately they rush to judgment. They start blaming Christians. They start blaming conservatives. They start blaming speech on the part of pro-life people. Meanwhile, you've got terrorists running all over the world, killing people and beheading children in the name of Islam, and and, and what he, does he always do? In response, he defends Islam. That's what he does.
2: Well, before, and, before the European Union became a union, they had borders. It's a good thing to have borders. That way you can protect your own country. Right. They can't do that anymore. They have no borders. You can go from France to Spain to Germany very freely. No borders exist.
1: Right. Well, and, you know, the the ISIS people have already said that, you know, they they don't believe in borders.
2: Well, of course they don't.
1: No. And that's (laughs) that's what it's all about uh, in terms of their their game plan, which is to infiltrate, you know, Western civilization, infiltrate Europe, infiltrate America uh, through through the refugee situation. Part of the issue that I have that, well, in terms of propaganda, that one of the latest things is to blame terrorism on climate change as though these terrorists who did the mass shooting in Paris did it because of weather patterns. First of all, they, you know, they didn't. There's no famine and drought. And, you know, there's Vichy water on every table over in Paris. That's not why those terrorists shot up over there. We've gotten Propagandists like Pelosi saying that terrorism is – climate change is – no, climate change is causing women to go into prostitution. You know, if you could – if you could – if the terrorist – had anything to do with climate change or economic conditions, then what President Bush did over in Iraq would have worked. Because what he tried to do was he tried to install democracy over there under the guise of that if people were free and if people had better economic conditions, that they wouldn't be involved in terrorism. But the reality is Osama bin Laden and so many of these terrorists actually, well, you look at the ones who live here. In the greatest economic system in the world. And they still want to kill us. It's because it's about ideology. It doesn't have anything to do yeah. with economics.
2: Well, since the Quran was written, they have followed it to the letter. Right. And that is their life. That is their goal. That is their mm-hmm. mission to kill.
1: Well, speaking of economics, we've got a few minutes left. And I want to talk to um, a local San Diego named Chris Marbello, who is an expert on finance. And hey, Chris, welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hi, Andrea. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. We've only got about five minutes. So can you quickly update everybody on where we're at in terms of what's going on? We had Black Friday. We had Cyber Monday yesterday. Today is a day of giving. What's going on in terms of retail and economics, and how do you see that affecting the election?
3: Well, I mean, I think that, uh, as you can see, there's more people shopping online now. I don't know if you already went over that in the show, but they said 103 million people shopped online versus 102 million that went into traditional stores. So it seems like a general trend that people are more people are shopping online. As far as financing is concerned, which if you look at the last downturn 2009, really the main thing was the, the lack of liquidity. The, uh, the CMBS market has kind of, uh, has kind of uh, widened out a little bit, which could affect, which could affect, uh, you know, the economy. But other than that, everything's doing pretty good.
1: Really? So, I, I, you know, I'm looking at the economy, and I'm thinking we're at about a three percent growth, two two and a half percent growth, and I. I-, I- Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm thinking that we really are in a de- kind of almost a desperate situation to get our economy turned around. We're just sluggish. You know, something's got to something's got to get us moving again. Do you really think? Is is you know, the
3: main thing is you got to look at you know structurally the structure of the economy. Um, I think there's there's a revolution going on with computers. Hey, Chris, we can't hear you.
1: We need you to get. I don't know if it's you're far away from your phone or what. Is that any
3: better? Yes. So what I was saying is, uh, right now what's happening is the structure of the economy. Uh, people are being replaced by computers. Computers are doing a lot more jobs than 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 people at this point. So we really need to gear everybody up towards computers if that's the direction we're going to go in. And I don't think that you can solve that problem with, uh, you know, easy monet- monetary policy and. And uh, that, kind of, that kind of economic stimulus, I think that we really need to figure out our industry to get our manufacturing back. We don't have the manufacturing anymore. If you look at any, any strong economy, they're exporting more than they're importing. Yeah. We're importing more than we're exporting.
1: Well, I think that's a good point. I, unfortunately, we're running out of time, and I have to leave it there. I want you to come back on future shows so we can get more into that in terms of how can we get manufacturing back. Here in San Diego, we've, got a, we've lost a whole lot of manufacturers down to TJ and other places down to McIadoras where the economic conditions are more favorable to business. So thanks for calling in. How can they, how can they get more information on you, Chris? Uh,
3: People can call me, I I pretty much specialize in arranging financing for net lease properties like Walgreens, CVS, many others, but they can call me at 760-479-0800, and uh, my website, of course, they can always access that 24-7 for current rates for commercial properties that are net leased at www.marabella.com. Finance.com.
1: All right. Thanks so much, Chris. Have a good day. Thanks again, Andrea. All Bye. right. Now, I've only got a few minutes left with you, Eric. Uh, what do you want to say? How do you want to leave it? Thanks so much for coming in today. What oh. do you want to share with the listeners out there? <laughs> well,
2: it's my pleasure coming, Andrea. Uh, our our society is, God, we're in a disaster now. I can't put it any other way. We are, like I said, we are being globally neglected and we're watching ourselves merge into a Marxist society before our very eyes. We have an entity being formed, a global fund for the climate. We can't control the weather, but we're going to try that, and it's going to be a global slush fund. Who do you
1: who do you want for president? Who are you backing at this point? Trump at this time. Why? Real quick, a minute or less. Because he's a capitalist.
2: He believes in making America better or greater if they, his way.
1: I'm kind of with you there. You know, I really wasn't behind him. But the more I see the issues going on in terms of the corruption between both parties, I'm starting to believe the, the theories that many Republicans are being bribed and being paid for and owned, even if not, uh, you know, they're, they're certainly owned by their donors and their fundraisers. I think many of them have been uh, threatened. I think they're under surveillance by the NSA, as we all are. You look at what happened with uh, Denny Hastert. And I just think that, you know, that in combination with the way our system works and the fundraising, and and, uh, the way they have to get elected. We uh, we need a true outsider. And the only way you can have a real outsider is somebody who can self-fund. Somebody, because once somebody has to take money from somebody, then they owe that person something, and he's the only one in the game right now who doesn't owe anybody anything. He's right. not dependent on anybody, therefore he doesn't owe anybody anything, and therefore he can't be, be bribed, he can't be threatened, um, and, and so for right now, I, I, I'm with Trump. I actually like the idea of a Trump cruise ticket, and that's what I said before. Hey, i got to wrap it here. i got to say thank you all for sharing this time with me. Thank you, Eric, for being here. Thank you, Dijon, for uh, doing, engineering the show today. Thank you, Dayoni, media concierge. Thanks to my guest, and thank you all for joining me. I'm going to be on America Trends TV tomorrow night, and I'm going to post that information on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show, and I love you all. Have a great night, everybody. Take good care.
3: If you feel like happiness is the truth.
0: Happy alone if you know what happiness is to you. Cause I'm happy alone if you feel like that's what you want to do. Here come any news talking this and that. Well, give me all you got, and don't hold it back. Well, I should probably warn you, I'll be just fine. program on am 1170 the answer is sponsored by allied media group three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells